0: It's a magic magic Sup witches, welcome to our third and final pre-season 3 bonus episode. The episode you wanted to hear, the episode you voted for. Uh, just before we let you consume this deliciously scary episode, uh, we just wanted to put some feelers out. We've had an absolute blast recording these bonus episodes, and for what we can tell, you've had a blast listening to them. So let me ask you this. Would you like to hear more? Would you, I don't know, pay $3 a month for something? You see, Patreon is a platform that allows creative minds, such as us, to monetize our hard work, and it's something we've been thinking about for a little while now. But first we want to know if it's something you'd like us to do. If you head over to our Facebook page and Twitter page, at SabrinaWatch, you'll find a poll. And the question is, would you pay for a nostalgic bonus episode every single month? We really, really want to hear from you, so vote now, and hopefully very soon we'll be venturing down memory lane and uncovering all of our favourite childhood movies and TV shows. (sighs) Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, There's just one thing left I have to ask. Are you afraid of the
1: dark?
0: and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch Extra Credit, the spin-off podcast where we steer away from the usual magical curriculum and instead we talk about something a little bit different. Not only is it not about magic, it's not about things that happen in the day, like Sabrina seems to. These are things that happen when you all go to bed. My name is Phil Dean and I am your scary storyteller for this week's episode. And I've only got a few questions, in fact one question, to ask my compadres. First of all, Graham
2: Riley, are you afraid of the dark? I very much am. And also, we should have called this not extra credit, how about Sabrina the Teenage Watch After Dark? (gasps) Yeah, scrap that. Okay, let's all make
0: the rewind noise. (laughs) Also, I sounded like a winning horse, not (laughs) anyone. Okay, let's all, do the, let's all do the the horse, so it's... <laughs> oh yes, we should have done that! Woo! Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch After Dark, the spin-off podcast where we steer away from the usual daytime curriculum and instead we talk about things a little bit scary.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Why, my name is Phil, I'm your dark storyteller for this week's episode and I'm joined by a couple of compadres... I've only got a few questions for them. In fact, I've only got one question for them. Graham Riley, are you afraid of the dark?
2: I think I am afraid of the dark after after seeing some of the, the haircuts in uh, in the, the show that we're about to watch. I I think, you know, um, there's plenty, plenty of 90s horrors awaiting us today. <laughs> Absolutely. And my other compadre
0: who uh, looks like he's shitting... I was going to say shitting in his boots, but that's not a friend.
2: <laughs> I meant to say shaking in his boots, not <laughs> shitting in his boots.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, Phil. If I was gonna shit in anyone's boots, it would be yours. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so uh, my other compadre, you shitting in my boots? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: Mr. Chris Evans. Chris, are you afraid of the dark?
1: No, it's you've made me laugh. Now I'm done. <laughs> I'm all right. Oh, You're right. You Have you, know. you ever been uh, afraid of the
0: dark? Worried about turning oh. the lights off and getting the willies up here?
1: Yeah, actually. <laughs> 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 it just got.
0: See how sometimes Chris is worried of me sort of leading him into a into a trap. And and you did. You did. did. But no, no, have, have you ever been afraid of the dark? Is that something as as a young child
1: that's ever sort of worried you? Yes. There is a story that I've only just remembered. It's the tale of the Cub Scout Weekends. <laughs> wow.
0: Hashtag repressed memories. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hashtag podcast therapy. <laughs> yeah. Oh I like that. Oh, yeah. Cub Scout weekend and one of the because um, you do these like orienteering mm-hmm. tasks and one of the, one of them was like a uh, a a, a by night one where you had to uh, what well, scavenger hunt in, mm-hmm. in the dark and I uh, yes yeah, find was... you Scoutmaster's todger. <laughs> please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, I hope that's what he said to him. <laughs> I was absolutely terrified and I remember one of the older. That one of the older scouts um, saying to me, it stayed with me. It's like there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Wait, you were in the Scouts with FDR? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow! Wow! Okay.
1: Phil, are you afraid of the
0: dark? I used to have a nightlight on, but that was just because it made pretty stars in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, not particularly because I needed it, just because it was it was uh, nice to send me off to sleep. So no, I'm not not a,
2: not afraid of the dark. I very much was as a child. There's no stories there. Just if I saw anything remotely scary during the day, then that would that would come to me at night, unless I had my, my bedside light on. Was so,
0: there. was it uh, you were more scared, or was it
2: nightmares opposed to the actual darkness? Well, it's that anything anything could be lurking in that darkness, Phil. You know, shape. You know, shapes made by you know my wardrobe or whatever. There could be anything lurking in there. That's, that's what I didn't like. I probably, uh, probably similar
0: to you then, Graham. Not wasn't afraid of the dark, but my did have sort of a wild imagination. And sometimes when I'm supposed to go to sleep, it can even still now. It still runs a little wild, and yeah. I think I, I see shapes and um, uh, like actually, I think I've told you this before. Like last year, I thought I saw a ghost holding a lantern near my face, but yeah. hey, it could have just been a street lamp sort of just creeping in through yeah. the curtains. But. The, the darkness is fuel for your fears. That's what it is. Do you reckon we'll see that on a poster around Sabrina's school in season three? <laughs> <laughs> that promotes what, light safety among yes, teenagers? Yes, yes. This is our bonus episode uh, that you voted for. Um, it was the, you got the majority vote out of Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. Quite spectacularly, Are You Afraid of the Dark won. And I was very, very, as much as I love Goosebumps, I think I was more excited for watching Are You Afraid of the Dark because... I up up until researching for this show, I think I'd only seen two episodes of it before. It's something that it didn't escape me because it ran for years, but um, it, I think I think I was a bit too young to to follow it. I think I did watch a couple of episodes in the late nineties, but uh, yeah, I think I was more excited for this because I've I've rarely seen it. I mean,
2: what about you guys? Have you seen this show before? I remember it being on television. I remember the sort of setup for the episodes, which is kids around a campfire. Like each week a different kid, and it's, mm-hmm. it's the same. The only like um, consistent cast is these kids around the campfire. Aside from that, it's an anthology show mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in the vein of, of the Twilight Zone and uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, all the way through to Black Mirror and Inside Number Nine. Uh, I don't think it ranks alongside those shows in terms of its quality, but um, yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah, the kids around the campfire. I remember that setup, but I don't remember any actual parts from any episodes. So mm-hmm. I really don't think I caught it much at all. Yeah, Chris, have you seen the show before? Up, up until t- today
1: anyway. I, same as Graeme um, remember the campfire don't really remember any of the individual stories.
0: How we're going to roll with today's show is we're going to watch three episodes of it um, so the first episode we're going to watch is, uh, arguably it's not the best episode but it stars our very own MJH, so we've got so seen. I think that's a nice sort of bridge into uh, Are You the Dark, seeing we've got a particular familiar face uh, the second episode we're going to watch is, it was the most voted for episode when I was um, asking uh, you all on Twitter for suggestions. Um, A lot of people suggested this particular episode, so we're going to watch that one. And it's very good for very, it's kind of very horror movie cliched, but sort of dumbed down a bit for kids. I think it's a really, really good episode, a good strong one. And then the third one is one of two episodes I remember watching, vaguely remember watching it, and it was only when I uh, actually started uh, writing about it and uh, recapping it again so many years later yeah, it's still quite chilling. It's it's quite horrible. As for this show, Graeme,
2: you've, uh, you've done a bit of homework, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, you were saying that uh, you were too young to remember it in its uh, original run, or too young to sort of, like, follow it closely. It premiered the year that uh, two-thirds of this podcast was, was born, uh, 1990, and ran right up until 1996 um, in its original run, and then it returned uh, right at the end of the 90s, 1990-2000. Right. It had uh, had a uh, one final burst, but... It was very popular in its time, possibly at least as popular as Goosebumps. Certainly, and it predates Goosebumps in terms of the television series, at least.
0: Yeah, that's it. Because I know, I I knew all through my childhood that this ser- this show existed. I just didn't have the means of watching it because I think it was on, is on like Nickelodeon, so, so I had yeah. no means of watching it. I just knew of its existence. I think
2: it did. I think it did have a run on on CBBC, possibly when it was new possibly it was on satellite television but I think I remember it having a terrestrial presence mm-hmm. kind of the reverse of Goosebumps Goosebumps of course a book series became a television series Are oh, You Afraid of the Dark so successful on television it spawned books Okay. a book series it spawned uh, a video game called The Tale of orpheus Curse Ooh. and of course it's also spawned a reboot which is coming, yes, uh, coming next year as a movie I believe and again Goosebumps' is a reboot was in movie form as well mm-hmm. so yeah quite the fondly remembered show quite the successful show in its day, um, the well, there were two men behind it. One of these men uh, was a gentleman by the name of Ned Candell. I could find nothing about this man. Okay, he, did he die? Was he a ghost? I don't. Was know. he an actual ghostwriter? Oh, very <laughs> literal. He could have been a pseudonym of somebody else, maybe. I don't know, but um, I'll pseudonym you. So, sorry.
1: <laughs> um,
2: so uh, this is. You're right? I don't with that. Hi
0: there, listener. Don't worry, there's nothing wrong with the episode. There's something wrong with the podcast. You see, as soon as we made that joke about Ned Candel, we seem to have contacted some sort of angry ghost. I kid you not, as soon as we made that uh, fantastic pun, or maybe it was after Chris said that really silly thing, the microphones died and my computer needed to be restarted before we could record anything that was audible. Very, very strange. So, yeah, I don't know about the dark, but we're very, very scared of Ned Candell now. Uh, so, yes, this podcast is now haunted. Uh, so if you've got any ghost-busting tips or any advice on how to exercise demons from audio platforms, then please do get in touch. Um, I have heard one thing on The Grapevine. That a good way to uh, get rid of evil spirits is to leave us a wonderful review on iTunes. So I'm sure if you head to our podcast on iTunes and leave us such a wonderful review then this podcast will once again be yeah. safe to listen to. Rubber. Anyway, uh,
2: let's get back to when it all went right again.
0: Okay, just stop speaking again.
2: So this is Ned Kandel's entry uh, from the Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, wikia. If you can find anything about the guy who created Are You Afraid of the Dark, that would be where you would go. Uh, on a, on a, sort of a forum dedicated to the show. Exactly. Ned Kandel is the second creator of the show Are You Afraid of the Dark? He also became an executive producer in the sixth season. And End. That's all we what? know. That's all we know about 50% of the creative force behind Are You Afraid of the Dark. Just nothing. Seriously. <laughs> However, DJ McHale uh, was the other creator. Um, he is from the mean streets of Greenwich, Connecticut. Ooh. Well, he started his um, TV career writing uh, after school specials for ABC. Nice. And that's obviously, I think, from the 70s. Possibly to today, at least certainly into the two thousands. I don't know if he presumably must have wrote some of the *Are You Afraid of the Dark* books because he got a, a taste for teen fiction. That's for certain because he's written two uh, two uh, young adult book series, which apparently have done quite well. Uh, 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 which 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 kind of adult? Um, well, young adult, I guess. So, I guess that's sort of like yeah, your, your tweens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I
2: mean, I mean, I
0: like, was it was it like a, a young adult story or a sexual story? That's oh no no, 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 no. Because <laughs> that's what Arrell started. I mean, he didn't write like erotic novels. He he um, started writing
2: stories for for adults as yes, well yes he did yes and J.K. Rowling similar Yeah, um, but uh, yeah they're called Pendragon and Morpheus Road the are two series of books Which Pendragon I recognise yeah, that yeah well it's King Arthur's um, like clan oh but, um, yeah there yeah. you go there you um, go that's where you know it from Chris <laughs> but uh, yeah apparently they've done quite well oh right okay well done well done well and done, DJ. Wh- whatever
0: whatever you're doing Ned yeah keep doing it and uh, for the first time ever we gave half the workload to Chris Everyone, please give rapturous applause for Chris's research.
2: Now, Chris, uh, we Can eight... I just say, he probably did more than half, because I had to find out about two people, and one person couldn't find fuck all about him. <laughs> Whereas Chris had to find out about the hundreds of uh, different actors who uh, appeared in his show over its uh, combined eight-year run bearing in mind you've more or less got a different cast each episode, Mm -hmm. he had to sift through all of those names and find out if any of them went on to do anything uh, of prominence. Exactly, because that was one of the things... I mean, you saw this in Goosebumps as well,
0: but obviously, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Starting early, did this sooner. was the fact that, uh, yeah, so many now globally renowned uh, actors and actresses
1: had little bit roles in Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, Chris, tell us more. So, the first name on the list, as it were, uh, of names that maybe you recognise, is Tyler Labine. Okay, Tyler Labine. Yeah, uh, you will recognise his work as Tucker and Dale versus Evil, a good old-fashioned orgy, and he's in the most recent series of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which is on Netflix. Trust me, you'll recognise him when you see him. He's got a beard. He's quite chubby. Have you not... I've not seen Great th- <laughs> I've not seen all three Have of you those things Have not seen Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? Absolutely not If you haven't seen Tucker and Dale vs. Evil Watch it The next name on the list Big name Ryan Gosling Who's he? Uh, I do know who he is <laughs> Gosling Obviously uh, Gangster Squad The Notebook um, La La Land I've seen that La-La one La La Land Yeah uh, Neve Campbell Screams Oh yeah Ops, You know And House of Cards as well Now, two names I'm going to put together, because you should sort of recognise them. Tear and Tomorrow.
0: Sister! 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 Never knew how much I missed you. Yeah,
2: pretty much. That might be a coming soon. (laughs) That that should be a coming soon. I remember remember enjoying Sister, Sister. Yeah. 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 Hayden Christensen. Who Phil called Christian (laughs) Haydenson in a recent recording. (laughs) Yes, of course, Anakin Skywalker in the... uh, Star Wars prequels, which are thankfully now gradually being erased from history. Yes. <laughs> uh, Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: Frank Gorshin, who played the Riddler in the original Batman series with Adam West. Ah okay. okay. But, nice. Yeah. It's not bad in there um, Will Friedel, Boy Meets World. Yes. Oh yes. Eric Gorshin. Gorshin. yeah, Gorshin, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tatiana Ali.
2: Ashley from uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Boom! Uh, oh yes! Very, very briefly a pop star as well. She was, she was, I remember, I remember that.
1: that. Uh, Aaron Ashmore of Smallville and the new series Killjoys. Jay Baruchel? Baruchel, yeah. Yeah, oh. Baruchel. Yeah, he's, he's he's apparently in the third episode that we're going to watch, but I don't recall him in it. <laughs> but yeah. Alicia Cuthbert. Oh. The Girl Next Door, 24, Jack Bauer's Daughter. No, House of Wax. No, Alicia. <laughs> uh, right, that's it. We, he needs to watch the girl next door. I don't need to brilliant. watch a fuck oh, off. My God. carry on. This is just this <laughs> is killing me Peace. slowly. Rachel uh, Blanchard. I know her. I know her. Clueless. Yes. Yeah, and she's also in the Netflix TV program. You meet her. Okay, and she's in Flight of the Conchords as well. And Flight of the Concords as well. Uh, a woman called. And Peep Show as well. Oh, she, oh, oh she yeah, was. yeah, she was in Peep Show. Yeah, she she was. Was.
0: <clears throat> I want to say Nancy, but Nancy, it that's was right,
1: that right? Yeah, uh, Joanna Garcia
0: Schwischer. I don't know who that is, but a great name. <laughs> great name. Excellent, Chris. Well, I feel really, really upset that I um, a lot of the Basically names derailed uh, everything. A lot of I the did, names yeah. you're really excited about flew over my head. But well yeah. done, you've definitely put some some effort in this week. Yeah. So thank you very much. I think he
2: deserves a bit more than a golf cap.
0: There are loads of loads of faces, and unfortunately, yeah, the three of us haven't really got much experience in this show. So I, for one, am excited to uh, to crack them with our first episode. Boys submitted for the approval of the Saturday Morning Society. Uh, the first episode we're gonna watch is called the tale of the frozen ghost boys what do you think this one might be about
1: uh I'm gonna have to say a a cold ghost yeah
2: okay. possibly somebody who, who froze to death mm. and, and because they were I feel like they were hiding yeah I, I yeah think, I think they were yeah I, th- I think they were possibly hiding from from someone or something maybe maybe some form of I don't know criminal yeah and and then and then you know maybe you know there was sort of the kind of thing like a child maybe who, who could, could could you know easily conceal themselves in, <laughs> in a small place mm. but also possibly mm. is a little naive didn't sort of realize the uh the, the perils of um of hiding outdoors uh it was it was a chilly night maybe the night got chilly as it got on so they fr- they froze to death and now because there's nothing uh, scarier than dead children oh no, and no. a little more tragic either so uh, yeah cold child ghost. A
0: cold child ghost. Well, guys, that was incredibly specific, but it's also incredibly correct. Uh, now, so what we're going to do now is we're going to stay silent for a couple of seconds and just pretend that we didn't watch that episode about 20 minutes ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're as cold
0: Well, there we go, guys. That was The Tale of the Frozen Ghost. Original air date, August 14th, 1993. What did we think of it, boys? This 25-year-old spooky
2: story. I reckon if I was its target audience, I, I don't think I would have been scared by it, to be honest. I, I, I couldn't imagine ever being scared by it because it, it just didn't really have any... did not know any of the chill factor that I know... Put on the puns. Yeah, uh, yeah, that I know goosebumps to have had. For example, yes. I probably would have been interested by the story if I was if I was younger, as it was. We just had a bit of a chuckle at some bad nineties hair <laughs> and uh, m- mishearing some things.
0: Yes, <laughs> I mean uh, going on to that, did you? Do you feel that you weren't as scared as you should be because the uh, the frozen ghost starts saying, I'm cold, but you believed
2: the ghost was saying, I'm a ghost. <laughs> <That> <laughs> so do you think be, that played into effect? That could be part of it. It was only the ghost appears uh, once... Uh, the, the introductory scene of the ghost... I thought he was just saying, oh, I'm a ghost, <laughs> which I thought was just dumb. And it was only <laughs> when we meet him again later on and his story has been explained yeah. that I realised he was saying, I'm cold. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, so, so if, if he'd been a bit um, clearer in his, uh, in his delivery. Better, yeah. the the if, was... ha- if he had proper diction. Yeah, the problem was he was, he was far away um, when he first appeared and he wasn't throwing his voice at all. Oh, that's very very true. Well, um, I mean,
0: a fun fact: Claxon, the the uh, the young lad who does play the ghost by the name of Michael Kalos or Kalos, uh, I think his diction does improve and his his uh, his clarity in his speech does get better because uh, he went on to voice D.W. in Arthur. Oh, did he now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) In uh, yeah, Arthur's little sister. For he played uh, yeah, he voiced her for a couple of years. I'm so sorry.
1: So many. Ex cast members voiced characters in Arthur. Yeah, yeah. In yeah.
0: In, our, in the third episode, we're gonna watch.
1: Uh, yeah, there's uh, yeah. the the guy it, who voiced Mr. Ratburn. is <laughs> in it. Like genuinely, every single character from Arthur was voiced by someone who was in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, I feel like it was the same production company. It, it very well could have been. Maybe that's what Ned,
0: the ghost of Ned Kendall, did um, did Maybe. make maybe. Uh, but no boys this uh this is a ghostly tale of Charles Pemberton Schilling the 3rd. Um he's a, he's a young boy who's uh, been shipped off to his his kooky aunt's uh, house with his babysitter Daphne and uh, yeah they encounter a frozen ghost
2: who's a little bit chilly and all he needs is a bloody coat. And you know you're rich when uh you well we we start with uh, with um little Charles being uh, chauffeur-driven with his babysitter, obviously known as Joan Hart, um, to, uh, to their aunt's house. You know you're rich when uh, you can get your babysitter to come with you on a <laughs> yes. like, yeah, trip to stay with your aunt. It really
1: confused me, I was because uh, I didn't understand why a babysitter would be there as well. Why well, a babysitter would go
0: with you to someone who's going to look after you?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's
0: very, very peculiar.
2: But as we learn, the, uh, the two aunts... Which a yeah, bit of a parallel with Sabrina uh, two yeah, ants so so. living together um one is well one's kind of proven and proper and one's kind of uh, a scruff more, <laughs> a bit a bit a bit, scru- yeah. a bit more scruffy however it's the proven proper ant that's sort of stirring the pot by talking about the ghost mm. whereas the um the lumberjack ant um is um <laughs> very much like no we don't talk about that
0: yeah. This episode opens uh, on Charles Pemberton Schilling Third and his babysitter Melissa Joan Hart. They're heading to an old spooky mansion owned by Charles' aunts during the coldest winter of a hundred years. Uh, MJH, or rather Daphne, knocks on the door and two old crones in wool and tartan invite them in and warily shut the door behind them. Uh, they lug their luggage upstairs and mention an apparent ghost, much to everyone's delight. However, at the complete opposite end of the delight scale, young Charles is having a bath and thinks he can hear whispers in the walls. This was quite a scary, chilling scene,
2: watching a young boy bathe <laughs> for a bit too long. Didn't yeah? Didn't he see? Because nothing happens in this scene, no. really. This is just a... What is it? He sees the the light bulb. Um, it starts swinging, doesn't swinging it? Swinging, and then it stops. Okay. So Charles is in the bath and he thinks he can
0: hear whispers. And it's because his aunts are whispering. uh, They're They're bickering about the power because it's gone out as they were late with the payments again. They say, well, surely they should be more lenient towards us, but they missed the payment for three months. Silly old bags. Uh, However, they can't borrow money from Charles's family because of a sibling squabble involving the hiring of a crim
1: on the farm if you're going to have a family squabble about something, you know, it should be in relation to the family, not the that the hiring and firing of personnel. Well, I think what
0: the, what they're squabbling about is is how it was how the aftermath was dealt with because this is when we start to get a bit of background on not the ghost itself, but how the the ghost perhaps came to be is that uh, apparently one uh, one of the the great uncle Charlie or whatever hired or or the sorry, the aunt's father hired a uh, a common criminal And they were arguing about whether he was a murderer or a bank
2: robber. What it was, was that he was on the train. He was, they called the police when they found out he was a crim. He was on the train to prison. Now, some say he never reached prison Mm. because the train crashed Mm. and everybody on board died. But his body was never found. Uh, upstairs and charles is
0: still bathing but our attention is wonderfully taken away from that scene because there's a creepy thing running through the garden a creepy thing which looks like a cameraman's shadow
1: yeah.
0: very much so like a cameraman's <laughs> shadow it's almost uncanny philip <laughs> yeah so he's running uh, the the cameraman's running along with it to make it seem like there's some sort of
1: feral beast but it yeah, doesn't really it was no it was it was it was child friendly
2: evil dead it seems to be, at least going off this one episode, a popular sort of trope in the show is the handheld camera uh, dashing around shots, even um, in scenes where there's not actually anybody that's supposed to be there. Mm. Like there's a thing, like, where else is having a nightmare, and there's like handheld camera like dashing around his bed, like, <laughs> crash zooming in on him as he tosses yeah. and turns. It's like some sort of rave video, yeah. isn't it? I'm, there's nobody in the room with him, <laughs> no. but. Yeah, they're still doing this first person camera stuff, and yeah, it comes back to bite them uh, in an outdoor scene because you can clearly see the camera shadow. shadow. <laughs> running around with it. It looks a bit like a feral beast, but it's not. I guess it is to show
0: a, a child running around, even though it doesn't really. It kind of contradicts the image of we, that we see of the child because the child is just stood or moving very slowly or barely moving. So it's a bit strange that this supposedly child goes would be running wild
1: through the garden. He almost doesn't seem capable of movement, does he? <laughs> no.
2: He just seems to materialise next to you saying, yeah. I'm a ghost. It, it, it,
1: it, it's almost as if he was frozen stiff.
2: Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so he defrosted a little bit running around. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose if he was if he was scampering about, really, doesn't it? Yeah, a
0: bit strange. Uh, the power is still out and the aunt's promised to get it fixed tomorrow. However, it would have been sorted out by now, but their maintenance man buggered off because he either didn't like not getting paid or he was spooked by the go ghost That's what they're... Again, they start squabbling about that. Is it because he wasn't paid? Or did he see a ghostly uh,
1: child? I'm I'm pretty sure we can clarify that now for everyone. It's the payment.
0: (laughs) It's the payment, yeah. (laughs) The paranormal Natter is abruptly put to bed, however, because the aunts say that every time they talk about the ghost, strange things happen, which kind of... Corresponds with us a little bit. We were talking about a ghost at the top of the show, and then the uh, the audio
2: quality significantly dips. Yeah. So, so um, this podcast is haunted. Yeah. Uh, we need to be very careful what we say, lest we anger the spirits. Can we get a Ouija board? We could do if you wanted to. Oh, that, that's a bonus episode. Bonus <laughs> episode.
0: We'll try and talk to the uh, the ghost of dead nineties TV icons. Well, we're gonna.
2: <gasps> We're going to make uh, *Sweet Little Teenage Watch After Dark* into a into a running series, and that's uh, that, that can be an addition. Uh, what well, us using a Ouija board? Yeah, to to, uh, to to speak to to Jerry Van Dyke. <laughs> uh, speak to Jerry Van Dyke, uh, Phil Avery, Henry Gibson. Yeah.
0: Who's Phil Avery? Not Phil Avery, that's the one he used to work with. <laughs> <laughs> James Avery. James Avery, he Dude. played Uncle Phil. <laughs> yeah. God, I hope Phil Avery's not dead. <laughs> he
2: was like, lovely.
1: At least we'll find out when we try and contact him anyway. <laughs> okay. um, to, talk to one half of the Chuckle Brothers. Oh, oh, yeah. oh man, so that's give, too raw. Re-
2: yeah, recently departed as we record this uh, 90s TV icons. Yeah, uh, Baza Chucks, Barry Chuckle, unfortunately passed away at the age of 73 thus putting an end to a 50-year career uh, of him and his brother. In my mind, no, no greater a servant to British television uh, yeah. than, than Barry Chuckle. Uh, so the
0: paranormal natter is abruptly put to bed, however, because the arts say that every time they talk about the ghost, strange things happen. And wouldn't you know it, our little Charles has a nightmare about a big, big aggressive man trying to grab a child from a hall and snatching away his coat. chilling stuff and this is like when we said like the rave like someone's walking around and zooming the camera in on
2: him and throwing it in his face it's 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 aggressive it's very aggressive indeed and more more, more on craig charles later (laughs) but no it was that moment i was like
1: oh shit what's going on here has he just had a premonition of what's going to happen to him because it wasn't it wasn't clear no that it was a dream to begin with until he was like (gasps) You know, that moment. Of, yeah. yeah, but. Uh... Can you do that after every sentence, Chris? <laughs> I'll fucking die! Like the kid from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> but, so, so when he woke up, I was like, oh, okay, so it was just a dream. Or was it? Or was it? Because this is when
0: Charles sort of, he goes to the window, because the window swung open, so Charles goes to shut it, only to see a small lens-flared boy saying, I'm a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) A small Italian boy. (laughs) I'm a ghost. ghost. (laughs) With (laughs) (laughs) a moustachio. He says, I'm cold. Before vanishing, he screams and jumps into Daphne's bed, who rightfully tells him he's talking waffles, and throws him back into his room. Uh, fun fact: Charles's shadow that is cast on the door resembles ET. Oh boy, does it! <laughs> oh yes. And I think part of the reason why is because of Charles's hairdo. Yeah, let, um, let's, let's briefly talk about his hair. Graham, you can, you can relate to this boy.
2: I, I, I can relate to Charles's shroom head <laughs> because um, I and Chris and. Probably not Phil, because Phil has a built-in quiff, which uh, precludes him from any other hairstyle than the one he has yeah. has always had. Yeah, a lot of '90s children sport this this hideous bowl cut, where you have a a ring of hair all the way around, not altering in length or shape all the way around your head, and then sort of like shaved sort of short hair mm-hmm. underneath. Both uh, Charles and Ghost Boy both have the exact same hair. Causing us to briefly think that the ghost was Charles. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. like he's seen his own fucking ghost. That's yes. weird. That would be scary. That, that would be scary. He said yes. this episode wasn't that scary. That would that would make it scary. If he was witnessing his own death in the dream, and then he saw himself as a ghost, man, yeah. man. Again, are we are we looking at a uh, 25-year-old show and thinking
0: about how we could have made it better? Yeah, we are. So, uh, if there's any reason to watch this episode for I'm a ghost, and also uh, E.T. on the door. Very nice. Uh, the next morning, and Daphne tells the old biddies about the ghost, and they eventually cave in and tell the kids the truth about the dead young boy. The legend says that the boy used to come round the house all the time to steal cookies and things. So... He was a no-good dirty thief. However, he went missing and went dead as he curled up frozen little carcass was found in the woods.
1: Cool. Uh, so that's the story. Yeah, but it was at that moment while they were regaling the children with the story that one of the uh, the aunties was doing some cross-stitch. It yeah. was some scary cross-stitch, wasn't it... it? Well, she was she was sewing an dripping blood axe and what I'm assuming was a bird cut in half. Something like that, wasn't it? It was
0: just out <laughs> the blue. I think we've answered our own question. That's why Daphne's with uh, with Charles uh, Pemberton Chillington the third because, yeah, his his aunt's murder. A, <laughs> a, yeah,
2: his aunt's are fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, as as we've uh, said, they are outcasts of the family. They clearly don't trust Charles with them. So, yeah.
1: Uh, why send him there in the first place then? I don't <gasps>
2: know. I mean, at least we know that if. If,
0: with a said bloody axe, they'd chop Charles's head off, she's a dab hand with some needle and thread, eh? So she could she'd take put it back on, I guess, and <laughs> act as if just shove him in the car and go, he was fine when he left. Like, <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, the fire goes out, so the kids go out to chop some wood. But the axe is bloody missing, isn't it? And without a karate master on standby, how the hell are they going to get wood? Speaking of wood, Graham, you... You got wood, didn't you, during this episode? Yeah,
2: um, I, I, I did. Not. Um,
0: <laughs> what but... happened, folks, is uh, the ghost uh, appeared uh, on the screen for the
2: first time, and Graham thought it was uh, right that he should should get his willy out. It was at that point that I noticed that my fly was undone, <laughs> and so I started adjusting it. Um, awkwardly <laughs> adjusting or, it. Awkwardly, uh, long-windedly adjusting it, and it coincided with the appearance of a ghost child on the screen. <laughs> so... Uh, Clearly, got to go to ghost prison now. <laughs> for,
0: uh... The things that like you might be thinking like, oh my god, uh, Graves a dangerous criminal, but <laughs> but he's not really dangerous because he's only sexually attracted to to dead children. To dead
2: children, so that's all right. So as long as your children are alive and
0: well, you you've got save nothing from, to worry about. Safe
2: for me. Safe for me. <laughs>
0: They find the axe three seconds later, however, and Daphne, an older child, calls Charlie, a young child, a big wuss because he won't wield a sharp, deadly blade.
2: Yeah
1: kind of logical though. He should not be wielding a sharp, deadly blade Absolutely. at the age of, I'm going to assume, nine or maximum ten.
2: But Daphne wanted him to. Yeah. So this is the uh, young girl that's been trusted uh, by this uh, this wealthy, important family uh, with their son, and she's like, "Oh, go, go on, swing the axe! <laughs> swing the axe! Chop your foot off! Go on, do it! Swing the axe, your puty little arms can't really control it, but yeah, swing it! And it, was,
1: it wasn't even like a small axe, it was a fucking massive, double-headed axe. Daphne goes
0: and Runs away because their squabble ends, and uh, we start to hear some sort of weird cries or the the, the ghostly noises. A
1: bush that rattles
0: yeah, frantically. Daphne runs away, and Charles is left on his own. And then we just see some some footy prints, don't we? And it's just they start coming a bit closer, complete with a very nice sounds. Yeah. I mean, it's... I'm quite impressed. I mean, that ghostly child has got massive feet.
1: Oh, yeah, he does. Exactly. <laughs> or, yeah,
2: or almost like like, uh, like a crew member or, 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 or something. He yeah. was
1: definitely wearing boots. Yeah, like, yes. like, like, yeah, like, Not rig- like shoes. Like rigger boots, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Charles calls out to Daphne, but instead some muddy, ghostly footprints approach him, and shortly afterwards a poor little white boy saying, He's cold, or he's a ghost, however you want to interpret it. Charles runs away, but around every corner he bumps into the cold boy. He eventually steps in a puddle and falls flat on his face. And in case you missed it, you get an instant replay of <laughs> him falling in the drink. <laughs> what it was it! Pure <laughs> Takeshi's castle. It was. He, he kind of goes down to his knees and just falls down. And then, yeah, you he just, he just get an instant replay in case you missed it the first time <laughs> what <a> was it <laughs> Daphne helps him up and they both stare at the cold ghost who fabulously shows them where he died the location from Charles's dream at that as well uh, speaking of Charles he's decided to apply some more mud to his face and with his floppy hair and mud placement
1: he looks a little bit like Hitler that I mean, would make sense it would do yeah, I always thought that Hitler must have had some form of Haunting. Yeah, in, <laughs> his, in his childhood. He did. But at this moment, can I just bring to light that Daphne doesn't give a shit about the ghost? She isn't. She's... If I... I mean, I don't know about
0: you guys. Even just a thought of, what if I've seen a ghost? I'd probably shit my pants.
2: Oh, yeah. I, yeah, she is so blasé about it. It's, it's disturbing. Yeah. yeah. She's completely chill with ghosts. She wants a nine-year-old child to swing a man-sized axe around. Yeah. I want to know what, what, what Daphne's background is. What's her upbringing? Yeah.
1: Bearing in mind, at the opening, she was cautious to approach a rocking chair that started rocking on its own. On a yeah. windy night. On a windy, <laughs> on a windy night. night. <laughs> and, and so it's like, but now she's like, oh, oh, hey, hey, little completely white kid who is now who is a ghost. All right. Hello, dead
2: child. is really yeah. 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 Hello, dead corpse of a child. Well, we'll say this: she's not judgmental. No. She she takes everybody as she as she finds them. Yeah. Yeah. A ghost is no different than a living person. Other than they're dead. So, <laughs> other than that major fact that they have no life. And no pulse. But, the point, uh, so but the point is, you know, you could have a you can have a chat with them. It's very one sided. It's how are you? I'm cold. What's your name? I'm cold. But still, you know, just, just just treat them as you find them.
0: Yeah. So, so like, yes, <laughs> yeah. I guess we can respect that. But still, to to quote uh, sort of what I said to Chris earlier, I would be shitting in her boots. Yeah. Uh, just at the thought of this, just this ghost staring at me, following me, pointing at this uh, this hidey hole, and because inside said hidey hole, uh, it turns out that that's uh, it's where his coat is. Because uh, I
1: guess he tried to did he hide in there? No, 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 no. If you remember Charles's dream the um, so the bloke took the coat off him which is why he froze cuz naturally yeah, of course, would, yeah cuz you know cuz the coat would have protected him yeah uh, and zip and everything I, and then i'm assuming he the 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 guy must have ditched the coat yeah and shoved it in but they pull the coat out and it turns out that an old heavy key falls out but
0: before we can uh, sort of uh, think about what that might open the young boy takes the coat zips it
2: up smiles and then just vanishes, <laughs> that's it. Well, they say ghosts, you know, if somebody reappears as a ghost, it's because they've got unfinished business on this yeah. earth. And in his case, it was just that you needed to get warm. It's very similar to uh, The Tale of the Shiny Red
0: Bicycle. That episode is all about a young boy on his on his bike. He he was leaning against a uh, bridge, and he fell into the water, is lost his bike, and this young child died. And the whole episode is about his friend... Uh, so many years later who keeps seeing him as a ghost and gets haunted by his, his friend and his friend is only there because later on uh, the boy that's still alive his young brother almost gets killed but this ghost can sense that so he sticks around to help him save, save him. his brother and then he disappears yeah. so uh, yeah so they say they have got some unfinished business and
2: uh, just in. Experience of watching a couple of episodes of this show is definitely a theme that uh, so I guess the, runs through. In the Are You Afraid of the Dark universe, that is why ghosts are... why they exist. I guess so, yeah. yeah. It's fair to say. I mean, I've only watched two episodes, so...
0: So if anyone listening going, now that's Bollocksville, then let us know at hashtag that's Bollocksville. <laughs> we helped him, the kids say. Nah, he's still very much dead. Uh, they take the key back to the house, and what do you know? It opens the stovepipe. That's why it's never worked before. However, rich idiots they are now, as it turns out that lots of gold doubloons
2: were clogging up the stove. Yay, the end. So, how did they get there? Because this is not currency from this, from the 20th century, or the 19th, or the 18th. (laughs) Possibly not even the 17th. These are, like you say, these are doubloons. These are the kind that fucking christopher columbus might have uh, <laughs> m- 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 might have carried around with him yeah unless i mean it, c- it could be nazi gold could it be Could, could
0: Ooh, be. No. <laughs> so
2: the stove is clogged up with lots of nazi gold who knows a lot of a lot of treasure hunting was going on in the 1940s some of it done by nazis that's so, true so uh, maybe maybe somebody uh maybe somebody went on an expedition and recovered this and stashed it in yeah. the uh... oh of course the other theory could be it's all chocolate coins
0: yeah which that's I, why the kid wanted to keep going in the house because he was eating these chocolate pens. yeah I did
2: wonder and if, if the stove wasn't working properly it wouldn't have melted them.
0: <laughs> so uh, I would like to see a uh, you know a a revisited scene where we find out that uh, yeah it was all chocolate money and they're all still fucked well there we go that was the end of uh, The Tale of the Frozen Ghost at the end of each episode we're going to quickly discuss kind of what worked in it and stuff and what uh, you know if it was uh, chilling or so if it made a good story but I mean the only thing that really worked for me I think was the I know we joked about the ghost saying "I'm a ghost," but uh, he, that that was quite scary. That was quite chilling to see this uh, heavily sort of white, lens flared, um, sort of ghostly child. Because as we know, there's nothing scarier than a ghostly
2: child. Yeah, I think I think I think the story, like I say, was solid. I think it would have intrigued me. Uh, when I, when I was a kid, if not necessarily scared me, I thought I mean she she was already well into uh, Clarissa by by this point, but I thought Melissa Joan Hart was uh, was already very good, a good uh, young performance by her. I thought I thought everybody in it performed well well enough, really. Yeah, it was uh, it was an entertaining twenty minutes. Yeah,
0: Chris, any thoughts on the episode? Did you, did you enjoy watching it?
2: I didn't not like it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know it it was it, it was it was a all right episode yeah. I wouldn't go oh that was a really good moment it was just it was
0: it was all right yeah it wasn't the best of episodes but just because this one had our Melissa Joan Hart in it it, it, wouldn't, was, be, it, was... it wouldn't be right if we hadn't have watched this a nice ease into the series yeah, exactly it's a nice starter episode this next episode was an episode that was requested for us, an episode that was recommended to us uh, by not one, but three different people, or three different shows, rather, got in touch uh, about telling us uh, this particular episode that we should watch. It's called The Tale of Laughing in the Dark. Oh. Okay. Oh, so oh. this one was requested to us by uh, a couple of podcasts, Movie Geek and Proud. Thank you very much. As are the uh, the Goose Chumps. Hey. Didn't hazard a guess at uh,
1: what they review the different types of geese.
2: Yes, I, I reckon so. And you would be each, spot each, on. Yeah, <laughs> each episode is about a different type of goose. Yes,
1: yes.
0: Uh, so that's the Goose jumps and uh, Bad Reception Podcast. Um, so they all got in touch and said that uh, this, uh, the tale of Laughing in the Dark is a very solid episode and one that we should consider. I so I, I did. It's, uh, so a good podcast there to, uh, to check out if you have time. But first of all, guys, what do you think this episode might be about?
1: Someone this. Laughing in the Dark. I, 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 I dare say so. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, how about... How about... Um, the story is something along the lines of a group of kids uh, and some form of haunted house, but it's haunted by a clown or a doll of some kind that laughs in darkness just before it attacks. And if you hear the laughing,
2: you should get out. Okay. Yeah, There's there's, there's got to be some sort of clown or, 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 some, or something at play here as, as, as Chris says like a, a toy would probably be the easiest way of, sort of incorporating yeah. that into a into the world of, uh, of, of, of children perhaps it's a case of if you laugh when the lights are out maybe something like if you laugh at it it will come for you maybe something that's sort of supposed to be funny and saying like a clown but it doesn't actually like being laughed at <laughs> and if you laugh at it it will come for you
1: oh yeah but if you laugh with it it's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you don't laugh at the expense of it it's fine yeah. uh, no that sounds very scary and very good ideas but uh, no you, you both kind of uh, said things pretty much uh, spot on um, it's about a, um, a, a fun house as such called Laughing in the Dark which is uh, supposedly haunted by the ghost of Zebo the Clown
2: yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, boys go in it, and they steal the uh, the clown nose from the animatronic, and uh, scary things happen because of it.
2: Does it guest star Pat Sharp? (laughs) It doesn't, unfortunately. Damn, not that that one house then.
0: However, it does guest star a man who looks like a cat. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) He's got the face of a cat. Uh, So submitted for the approval of the Saturday Morning Society. I call this story the Tale of Laughing in the Dark. (laughs) Well, there we go boys that was the tale of laughing in the dark original air date the 22nd of august 1992 so a year earlier than the last one we just watched but uh, thoughts will be will be a little bit more a little scared from this one more than our last I, episode.
2: Again, putting putting myself into the mindset of my, my child self. Yeah. Because that is the intended audience, I yeah. reckon. As a kid, I would have been scared by not the concept of this episode, not the story of this episode. More just the, the funhouse itself. Yes. Because when I was a, a lad, I was very scared by... Particularly animatronic, like dummies and things, but just generally like dummies, just generally like life-size depictions of people that didn't move with their like dead-eyed stares and yeah. their, their fake like straw hair and everything. Like, yeah, I, I really did not like them. So I'm sure the the opening uh, moments of this episode would have given me chills. It's all about uh, the the fevery of one's nose, and that one being
0: Zeebo the clown. Um, starts sort of. Uh... Of spookily terrorizing a young boy who's stolen his nose and he just wants it back, we were talking about sort of scares, our fun houses uh, and clowns and just all things sort of just creepy that are supposed to be fun. And this was in the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So do you think this topic was a good um, good theme for an episode in uh, for a series that's um, on the go? Well, yeah, I mean, because it played. I'd imagine it played upon a lot of a lot of people's fears. Of clowns, absolutely. Clowns, yeah. fun houses,
1: animatronics, yeah. Clowns have always been um, sort of within popular culture, both fun and scary. There are always children who are scared of clowns
2: and therefore you'll never have a clown at a birthday party. And then there's always people who just laugh in the face of clowns. Mm-hmm. I once asked to go home from a friend's birthday party when I was about five because a clown was coming. I didn't want to be there when the clown came. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah oh man also uh, this is a good subject to uh, put into the first season of Are You Afraid of the Dark because it's a morality tale don't steal yeah it is yeah. That's, that's very very true he tricky. had no and right th- taking that note and if you are going to steal
1: don't steal from a clown yeah, yeah.
0: so the, the whole idea of this is things oh, things are a little bit scary going into the funhouse but things really get scary because yeah a young lad thinks it's clever to steal someone's property and he picked the wrong animatronic clown to piss off didn't he he did and uh, yeah, so it's a very good morality test. It would be interesting to know if a lot of the other shows had these sort of uh, tests of of uh, moral strength as well. A good episode, though, would you say? Yeah,
2: yeah, good, I'm good, sure. strong
0: one. I think I think I can see why there was a lot of uh, strong recommendation for this episode because it plays a lot on horror movie uh, cliches or ones that would rather inspire. Uh, the likes of Scream, you know, the, the the voice down the phone, the the oh my god, the calls coming from in the house, and the of
2: course it predates Scream,
0: yeah. quite significantly, doesn't it? Yeah, so you can kind of see, uh, you know, beginnings of of what we now know as as sort of horror movie cliche in a in a 1992 kids films, mm. a kids TV show, even. The episode opens up on the picturesque Playland, a theme park where you can laugh, scream, stuff your face with junk food, and lose your parents all in one night. Gee whiz! One attraction is is a fun house called Laughing in the Dark, a terrifying building occupied by one Zebo the clown. One of the girls around the campfire is scared already. As aren't we all? But she gets over it and we start once more.
1: It's a, it's a nice little uh, little thing of how to deal with your fear, and it yeah. was for it was to see it out, sit through it. And I've just seen because we paused it on the screen that his name wasn't Luigi. It genuinely was we. Yeah, there's a lot. There was-
0: that one of the main lads
2: in this episode is called Ouija. Weegee. Yeah, W W G W Ouija. Maybe he was, maybe he was say, Gary Smith Junior. So he was Ouija. Maybe, yeah. Anyway, so we yeah we cut back to the story where three kids are walking through the theme
0: park with stories of barfing. Uh, that is until they stand outside laughing in the dark. The ginger kid wants to go in, but his pal Ouija and his sister don't because it's Josh really... Josh is the ginger kid by the way. He is called yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Josh and Ouija and his sister don't want to go in because it's really haunted. You smell something? Smells foul. <laughs> he says, "I was convinced he was going to smell that." It smells of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, smells foul. Very clever and very clean, which is nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, they then confront the owner of the funhouse, a man with the face of a cat and the heart of a paedophile. Uh, luckily, they decide it's not worth going in.
2: Yeah, this guy is he's the uh, stereotypical... Uh, Carney. Yeah, scary Carney. Yeah, he's credited as Carney, actually. Yeah, Mr. Aaron Tager. Yeah, he, yeah so he's, he's got a, a wonderful... Uh, Cheshire cat like face, but yeah, like like an evil, untrustworthy fat cat. Yeah, to be to be uh, specific, um, and yeah, he's got the uh, the pinstriped uh, suit and the bowler hat and everything, and, he, and he's all all full of chuckles. And uh, what, what's the what's the rhyme that he has? to... Uh... You'll have the
0: most fun in the park when you're laughing. In when the you're dark. laughing, laughing in the darks, into yeah. that effect.
2: He's scary, but he's I think he's scary in a like kids horror way, mm. like a lot like the goosebumps sort of like older like kind of like weird guy characters were like yeah it
1: wasn't scary yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: it was just weird
0: yeah it, it
1: yeah. was a every, creepy like, presence
0: like there's nothing scary in things like Goosebumps and and stuff as the shop owner you know the, the creepy the guy who's got all these strange trinkets of mystery and yeah, uh, and they, yeah they're always sort of the weirdest people so uh, uh, this gentleman uh, is no different and they're quite often played by Gilbert Gottfried who <laughs> 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 was also known for of the dark yeah but, uh... Uh, the next day and the kids have done some research and it turns out that the current Laughing in the Dark is built on top of the ancient remains of a previous funhouse from the 1920s. It turns out that the owner, Zeebo, stole the whole circus's payroll worth $4,000.
1: In, and in the 1920s, that's a shit ton so, of money. Well,
0: fun game klaxon.
1: <laughs> fun! With inflation, how much do you think that was worth by 1992? Oh, baby. Oh, I like this. Okay, so $4,000 pounds, four thousand in the 1920s, I'm going to say would equate to... This is in 1992, how much would that be worth? Oh, okay, in 1992. Would equate to, in 1992,
2: $250,000. Okay. I'm going to say in George Bush Seniors America, that would... Add up to... Tenfold increase. $40,000.
0: $37.2 million.
2: No! Yeah. Really? Yeah. God. We were way off, both of us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. No no, no wonder he didn't want to get caught. Yeah, so uh, so that
0: was uh, Zeebo the Clown. So he stole all this uh, this money. Uh, He tried to escape, but because he had a passion for cigars... Uh, he uh, yeah the clown went and set fire to his
2: hidey hole and he perished to so be making that kind of money he had to be working for Barnum right yeah yeah <laughs> jeez what? yeah the entire the entire
1: payroll
2: uh, from the circus yes yeah. That's, yeah. Are we talking a three ring circus That I mean was... it was only
0: elephants that were paid in peanuts in those days
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's not funny um <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love American history. Yeah. Even, like, fictitious, like, brief snippets of American history. I liked the whole idea in 1924 there was this fun house and a guy for a circus it and it burnt down. I yeah. Loved all that. And they had, they had the newspaper clippings, didn't they? They yeah. had a the photo of a scary 1920s clown. Yeah, awesome.
0: Because I think that's scary, itself, obviously, for children watching their imaginations run wild and stuff. Something that can bolster your, your imagination is proof or evidence so it's yeah. not just someone telling you a story it's like, I'm telling you a story and it's true look at look at all this research we
2: found and you know a lot of good horror films do play on that history of this is the site where on you know 50 years ago this thing happened and then you get you get flashbacks and the, the fact that it's from another world a world that's sort of gone now Adds to the scariness of it. Adds to the uh, alienness of it. Yeah, and yeah. the next episode we we'll watch, yeah, that takes place on top of
0: an
1: ancient burial site as oh, well. Gosh. So, uh, wow. yeah, basing it in some form of reality, yeah, always helps the level of fear. Yeah,
0: because because as a child or as, you know, as a family watching this, you know that what you're watching is a fictional program. However, in their reality all this is true. And yeah. it's just... And it adds to the scariness that it's not just, oh, here's a ghostly child who froze to death is coming to chase after us. This is a... This is a, an evil clown who yeah. died and...
2: A criminal who burned to death. I yeah. Mean, that's scarier than freezing to death. Yeah. Like, if you're freezing to death, you pretty much cease to be able to, to function. If you're burning to death, you're screaming as your yeah. flesh chars. Like, that straight away like, conjures a very unpleasant mm. image. Well,
1: that's going to fucking hurt.
2: Yeah, he was hiding in a fire hazard, wasn't he? He, he was. <laughs> well, <yeah>. yes. <laughs> he was. You
1: saw what was inside. We'll get there, but you, you that was a fire hazard. For fuck's sake, dying in a fire hazard. That's what he was <laughs> doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is another fire hazard that we will get to very,
2: very shortly when the next go in, which how health and safety let this uh, be yeah, built. Yeah, th- this isn't the 1920s, folks. It's, unless, because... What we learned at the Funhouse is a reconstruction of the one which burnt down with um, the clown inside it, uh, the, the the original guy inside it. Maybe it was rebuilt authentic to its uh, 1920s uh, original specification when health and safety wasn't so uh, you know wasn't so uh, prevalent. Yeah, everything went out the window when they were rebuilding this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, but it does show that you know health and safety is making. The world too safe. I've said it before. It's like
2: more children need to burn to death in funfairs. Yes, yeah. that's, that's all we're saying. Yeah, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Don't need to bring back national service to teach kids respect. We just need to burn a few. <laughs> yeah. uh, Zemo tried
0: to escape, but because he had a passion for cigars, the clown went and set fire to everything, including himself. His memory still lives on, though, as the Owens decided to build an animatronic clown to
2: commemorate the very dead and very real person. Bit dark. Although, if it was decades later then probably nobody remembers the fate of Zeebo. But still, if you know you've openly made this in memoriam of someone who really lived and really died... Mm, I guess, but I mean, like, you know... It adds to it. It adds to it. You you think of those dungeon attractions, which are franchised all over the world, and they're based on whatever city they're in's, like, mm-hmm. grisly, like, history, and you've mm-hmm. got, like, depictions of, like, you know, like, famous murderers and things from that place. It's only a bit like that, really. I guess, yes, and yeah. And Zeebo did not kill anybody, either.
0: Yeah. That's true, and uh,
2: just himself, just himself, yeah. Uh,
0: the creepy tale is broken up by a tickle fight and a bin lid to the face. This is Josh. He runs after a uh, little Kathy to tickle her, and yeah, uh, he gets he gets a bin to the face, which is which Damn is very right. well deserved. Damn right as well.
1: Yeah. yeah, she did not ask to be tickled. No means he, no. Yeah, he was f- going
2: to forcibly tickle her. And this no, this isn't her brother. This is her brother's friend. It's just like <laughs> I'm gonna tickle Fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he he, he, he deserved that bill to the face. Get off yeah.
0: my muffin tops and leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. Uh, Josh uh, says the spooky story is lame and claims he ain't no doofus. So subsequently he is dared to enter the funhouse and bring back Zebos' red nose as a trophy and proof of his conquest. He says he'll go in and if he succeeds, then Ouija must wear the nose to school for a week. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <That's> <laughs> nah, mate, that. No. Nah. I'll go nah. in and get this nose. You must wear it. Why can't he just say, nah? <laughs> just... Well, well, well. Also, if you went in wearing that nose, you're like, why are you wearing a clown nose? You're like, I lost a lost a bet. All oh, right, okay. Get get into class. Ouija. <laughs> I... why, why, why 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 are you wearing a clown nose? Oh, lost a bet. Take it off. Yes, miss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That I problem solved. solved. And uh, I can tell you, that's exactly how it would go down as well. Yeah, yeah. Take your
0: nose off while eating at the dinner table. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 No worries. Yeah, just put it on when every t- every time Josh is around you, put it yeah. on. Uh, Josh heads into the park and comes face to face with the scary cat Predator Man again, who invites him in. Uh, he starts laughing and joking in the mirrors and comes face to face with Zebo in the dark. After some wobbly heads, a legitimate dragon-headed flamethrower, and poor lighting, he follows the smell of cigars through to a secret room with lots of doors.
2: The dragon breeds fire. Yeah. There is no, um, plexiglass? No. no, no cage, barrier.
1: Yeah, no, no, no security tape.
0: You walk past this flamethrower when it's not throwing flames. <laughs> Behind one of these doors in this secret room is the exit, but he can't leave without Zebos' nose. So he opens up another door, screams, and steals the dummy's nose. He's now the kid who beats Zebo. With <laughs> his horrible laugh. Suddenly, some smoke enters the room. Cigar smoke, perhaps, chaps? Oh, yes.
2: Yes, yeah. uh, when he's gone, uh, the door which Zeebo, animatronic Zebo came out of, the night is on. Yeah. And there is, there is smoke. And a bit, and a bit of, of rising awesome. from beneath the crack in the door. Yeesh. We cut back
0: to the campfire where one of the kids can't handle the tail anymore because I've got a crap. <laughs> <laughs> when I first watched it on my own, I was like, no, does he say I've got a crab? And yeah. he, no, I think he says, I've got a a cramp or i've got a yeah. cramp but you guys you kind of it just blew past you and you were like going what is he just going to go and shit in
2: <laughs> the woods yeah, yeah i think I, this was which he said he had to crap it's that we know that they are far from uh, civilization far from plumbing yeah so um,
1: do, do they have a do they have an outhouse do they do do they have a latrine of sorts yeah. is there a cliff or some water where they go and shit if, if they're spending a long
2: time there they, they might
1: have Dug a hole. Yeah, yeah.
2: Dug, a, dug a hole or two. Yeah. But he just goes up, i got a
0: crab. <laughs> the story continues uh, with Josh being really cocky as he's the kid who beat Zeebo. Ouija <laughs> uh, is pissed uh, that he lost the bet and falls out with him like a little uh, little crybaby. Josh, meanwhile, can smell cigar smoke in the air. But where is it coming from? Uh, he arrives home to find his parents out and he's home alone with nothing but frozen spag bol and a chocolate pudding to finger.
2: Yeah, he <laughs> lit- literally gets this pudding out of the fridge yeah sticks his filthy finger in there scoops out some whips some of it out on his two oh. fingers
1: yeah oh, no oh. no no I, I genuinely thought that the chocolate pudding was going to be in one of those like cartons yeah and uh, um, the activity that you you said that we'd be disgusted by what was about to happen. Yeah, I thought what he was going to do is just stick it to his mouth and stuff. Well, what you actually out, said you know. was, "Is he going to fuck it?" Yeah, said <laughs> he said that. Yeah. He said that, not me. Okay. I thought he was going to eat it out. No, yeah. but uh, but no, instead he just fingered it. Yeah, he yeah. just
0: fingered it and then dropped it. Didn't smash though, so it's very good uh, yeah. protective. Uh, glass he puts his, his uh, frozen spag bowl his spaghetti bolognese in the, the microwave and uh, yeah it's because he jumps and drops the chocolate pudding because there's like the noise coming from uh sort of throughout the room and he goes to investigate and a uh, sort of cupboard door opens uh, he gets a baseball bat out which is very handy and uh he's talking to himself saying this is silly and uh yeah he's about to, to go bean someone
2: yeah wh- whoever whoever that is you're gonna get beaned, he says Yes. Hitting the head. But it's
0: nothing but a falling mop. The phone rings, which shits him up, uh, and he screams, uh, but it's only Ouija on the phone, who calls to apologise for being a bit of a miserable prick. He uh, Josh hangs up, but his phone rings back. However, this time, it ain't Ouija on the other end.
1: It's a creepy voice.
0: Give it back!
2: Wouldn't you be like, yeah, sure, I'll give it back. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You, you Yep, yeah, no worries, I'll give it back. You know, even if it was the guy from the Guy from the fun fair. The I think guy. I'd be more scared that it was him rather than yeah. a ghostly clown. We'd be like, you know, you went into one of my attractions and stole part of it. Give it back! Give it back! So what you're asking thief. is if... Otherwise I'm going to call the police
1: and you'll be arrested, so what, you what, thieving bastard.
0: So what you're suggesting is if Zebo is a bit more polite about his the way he acted, if he said, oh. excuse me, I believe you came to my
2: attraction and stole my nose. Do you mind giving it back, please? Well, yeah, but even if Zeebo was just an animatronic in this guy's attraction... And that man just phoned up and was like, "Listen, you were the last person in the fun house, and when I came in this morning, Zebo's nose was missing. If you have it, give it back because it is stealing, and I will tell your parents, and I could get the police involved, so if you want to avoid trouble, give me that nose back. Yeah, it's actually really quite simple. it's yeah. not
1: what what what's actually happened in this scary story is obviously Zebo is dead and is only an animatronic clown." And the Carney, the man in charge of the uh, the uh, ride, the event, whatever you want to call it, uh, decided that little shit is fucking stolen. In the nose. I'm gonna mess with him. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. Or even He's if just Sebo, shit him up. if if Sebo just got give it back,
0: please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more inclined to give it him back. Since than I think. they Their manners, manners get you everywhere, even if you're a spooky ghost. Josh runs into the kitchen, gets out all the cutlery for no reason, then the microwave dings, and instead of a delicious second-hand spaghetti bolognese, it's a bowl full of smoking cigars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Really nicely
0: done. I mean, that's creepy. Yeah, that's that's cool. (laughs) I like that because all these ghost things cuz he runs off screams and there's a there's a like, zebo footprint in the in the uh, chocolate yeah, like the pudding, pudding. Yeah, yeah chocolate pudding so again this is very this is this is uh, rather than scream was you know a serial killer like an actual living being this is a ghost that's come into your house and made its presence known by yeah turning your tea into an ashtray and an intruder in your house
2: yeah it's is a very real fear no matter how old you are but especially if you're a child who's probably only recently started being left alone by his, kid, yeah, his, oh, uh, yeah. his kids, his parents.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's terrifying, but very, very well done. Uh, Josh runs upstairs to call Ouija, who says it isn't him in the house. They then hear the sound of a second phone answering the call, but Ouija only has one phone. Josh, it must be coming from inside
1: your house. <gasps> and that, again, that is scary. That is scary. That means someone's in your fucking house. Yeah, yeah it means someone's exactly. in your house. Simple as that. And it's very not, scary. And it, again,
0: I think what makes it even more scary is it's not just a noise Josh has heard, it's a noise that Ouija's heard as yeah. well, which means
2: it's a very real legitimate threat. What's scarier, though, that you're hearing things or that it's... <laughs> it's or that what you've heard, I heard as well. <laughs> Luckily, I'm in my house. Yeah, <laughs> You're on your own. Bye. Yeah.
0: But again, I another call and then... Uh, there's the zoom-in of uh, the, the lock, because he wants to put a, a, the lock across his door, uh, which he's forgotten to, to stop an intruder coming in. Well, and... he didn't He didn't think anyone was going to be inside the fucking house. Of course he didn't, no. This is just a spirit of a clown. And I've, I've put this as part of the reasons why I really like this episode, is I love the really jaunty, jolly um, circus music yeah, playing it? on the top of real, threatening, scary things. And you know it zooms in on this lock for a couple of seconds while this lovely music's playing but it's like you've got to shut that lock otherwise someone's coming in to potentially eat you or kill you or something uh but no he doesn't come in he, instead he he blows up a balloon which is again very cool uh yep, under the door under the door the balloon comes up and it says give it back and
2: it pops in his face and then he escapes out the window Yes, yep. and there's more balloons like balloon animals on the lawn, isn't there? Mm-hmm. This was very Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Which very much A so. film that we're very fond of and reviewed uh, in one of the... Uh, our unre- first attempts at podcasting. Uh, the unreleased demos <laughs> at, at our Hamburg years. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you compared our podcast to The Beatles, so... Done it before. I'll do <laughs> <Yeah>. it again. <laughs> the
1: balloon that comes up from under the door would have had to be blown up with helium which means the clown carries helium around with him all the time.
2: Or, because he is a supernatural being of a kind, he is able, when required, to breathe helium inflate balloons. Nice,
1: <laughs> nice, I like it.
0: Because he has to choose it otherwise he'd be like, Give it back! <laughs> I think that'd be scary. <laughs> yeah.
1: Give it back! If it was well, still... I'll come up and get it myself!
2: <laughs> if he ho- was still just as hoarse but high-pitched, I think that'd sound <laughs> terrifying.
1: GIVE IT BACK
2: OR I'LL HAVE TO GO AND GET IT MYSELF! <laughs> <laughs> INHALING helium WAS DANGEROUS. OKAY, YES, YES. YES. VERY MUCH yes, SO. YES, YOU CAN GET BLUE LIPS. BALLOON LIPS? BLUE LIPS. <laughs> OH, BLUE LIPS. <laughs> <laughs> ALSO KNOWN AS
1: BALLOON LIPS. <laughs>
0: In, uh, in true uh, quantum leap fashion he goes back to laughing in the dark to write what once went wrong yeah. uh, Josh heads back into the open fun house in the middle of a closed theme park and comes face to face with Zebo and an epileptic light show once more luckily everything's turned off as well so he doesn't get burnt alive which wouldn't have been nice he apologises and hands back Zebo his nose
2: as well as a massive box of cigars as a gift yeah. I mean, what the hell? Where did he get the cigars from? He would have had to have voided outside of an off-license and got <laughs> yeah, them to buy those for him. Yeah, mate. Because, what, I could have... set that a <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah, yeah, sure, cigarette. No four
1: cases of cigar he's $200
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: how much is
0: this costing because <laughs> I mean he, he gives him the um, the nose and the, the cigars as, as, as an apology and, it, and he leaves to leave uh, Zebo laughing and then we cut to uh, the scary man smoking them uh, to make you think that mm, yeah maybe maybe
2: he is the spirit of Zebo. also the voice of Zebo, completely different to the voice of the book, but, but provided by the same actor yes um, but it got me thinking though is this do you reckon
0: there is no ghostly spirit? This is just a way to extort children to giving cigars that he then sells I... at a profit margin, and
2: that's how Laughing in the Dark keeps running. Cause... it's a bit of a because uh, he doesn't plant the suggestion of stealing Zebos' nose into the kids like they yeah. do it with that themselves. So it's a, a bit of a, uh, a bit of an oblique way of doing it if that's his game. But I do think that as you hit upon before, Phil, like there is a, a read. ...of this, that it is just this guy, uh, this kid, steals part of this attraction... ...and the carny, because he is a bit of a messed up dude, to fuck with him... ...decides to call him as Zevo and break into his house... ...and do all these things to threaten to give him back... ...rather, rather than just ringing up and saying, look, I know you... ...I think you stole something from me, give it back.
0: Yeah, so it's scary on two levels. It's scary if it's a story about a the ghost of a clown trying to get back what's his, it's scary... Or if it's the story of a deranged lunatic mm. who wants his property back, pretending to be a, a a ghostly spirit, breaking into your house and making his presence known. Yeah. It's scary.
2: No matter. I don't think there's any way that this cannot be scary. No.
1: Unless he spoke like that!
2: <laughs> of course. But yeah, it wouldn't have been half as impactful if Joe Pasquale was playing the... Yeah. <laughs>
0: There we go so that was the tale of the sex offender and the stogies what do you think uh, so so what uh, what worked in this uh, episode for you guys as I said already um the I loved the joyful music uh, sort of playing over sort of scary life-threatening scenes what what do you think though
2: very inventive um mm-hmm. very genuinely chilling when you break down what's actually happening obviously it's played in sort of a um, a light way where children won't be too scared right it. Mm-hmm the right level of scary for a a kid to watch yeah i think it's a lot more what a children's horror program should be i think the last one was a bit too a bit too half half formed a bit too sort of vague and complete i love the actual backstory of Mm zeebo and who he was i love the like sort of like uh like motifs he had you know like cigar smoking things he was quite a, quite a well fleshed out character in a yeah, way for, for like a, a one-off episode of a kid's show yeah I thought it was I thought it was really well put together I thought it was a good episode
0: yeah uh, Chris uh, any more to add did you in- well did, did you enjoy
1: this episode first of all well yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah I enjoyed the episode what was not to like? There was a fun house, a weird-ass carney, and three kids. It was brilliant. What I really did enjoy was uh, the aspect of female empowerment. What, of a whacking... <laughs> yes. whacking in the head with <laughs> a, a trash can. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I truly enjoyed it that moment. P- yeah.
2: Important moment in uh, feminism and popular culture. Yeah, definitely. Exactly, yeah. In the yeah. early 90s, I mean, Yeah. yeah.
1: But also the courting back and forth to the campfire and the as I said before the idea of facing your fears mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah. Uh, so yeah like you know it plays on a lot of childhood fears there's say clowns uh, darkness the fire. fire fun houses pedophiles uh, there's the horror movie cliches which has perhaps inspired the likes of things like uh, scream uh, and then yeah the silly clown circus music playing over threatening and scary scenes so yeah a very very strong episode Would you like to know the name of our final, our third and final episode that we're going to watch today? Yes. It is called The Tale of Dead Man's Float. What? The
1: Tale of Dead Man's Float. Right, okay. Okay. I mean a float can mean a few things. Is it a root beer float? I know that's a thing in America. Yep. Yeah, it could be a milk
2: float. Mm-hmm. It could be a parade float. It could be the change that I was given to give to customers when I delivered for Domino's which was known as a float. Yeah. It, um, oh, it could be an
1: actual like swimming pool float to yeah. help someone swim.
2: Yep. Yeah, or it could be a poo that is so shaped that it uh, stays on top of the, the water in the uh-huh. toilet bowl. Yeah. Okay. Which one of them do you think it is? I think it's the last of those, and I think it's about Mr. Elvis Presley. <laughs> uh, I... Because... I, oh, Okay,
1: float. I'm going with parade float. I'm going with there's a haunted parade float. Haunted yeah. parade. <laughs> uh, uh, that what happened was there was a man who died on a float... In this parade.
0: He was very, very slowly run over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like that scene in Austin Powers yeah. with the steamroller? He yeah. was run yeah, over yeah. over the course of six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's, no. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm going parade float. Okay. No,
0: it's a, it's a tale of a haunted swimming pool, this one. Ah. Oh, so, oh, uh, so yeah, the
1: swimming pool float that that does make more sense, really. Uh, this is one of
0: two episodes I actually remembered. I wanted, I, I wanted to try and include something I vaguely recalled. There was one episode called uh, "The Tale of the Phone Police," which was about um, uh, a, sort of a secret service who abduct you if you do prank phone calls, and they lock oh you up to uh, they lock you up and erase your existence so <sighs> no one knows. So that was chilling. I was I like, thought oh, I might do that one, uh, but this one was I. Remembered vaguely the story but I completely forgot how scary this monster is wow. this is this is terrifying stuff I look forward to being terrified so for the approval of the Saturday Morning Society I call this story The Tale of Dead Man's Float already
1: Well, bugger me, boys! I'd rather not. mate, but I get what you mean. <laughs> that
2: that was that was quite chilling. <laughs> quite, my God! I tell you what, I tell you what, you could have made a very, very good ninety-minute, fifteen-rated uh, horror movie out of out of that. It was, uh... it, yeah, no, it it was
0: tense. It, it was. was. I mean, intense. at one point, it's just silence, and it, again, it's like. It was like a really well-crafted horror movie. You're thinking, something's going to happen. What is it? What is it? What is it? And, my gosh, if I watched this when this originally aired... Because the original air date of Dead Man's Float uh, was uh, October 7th, 1995. So, yeah, I would have been five years old. If I'd watched this, I, I do not think I would have ever
2: gone swimming, or at least for a few years. I don't think I would have ever gone sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I would never see the color red the same. Yeah, yeah. shit, man. This
0: this was. I mean, because because I was saying just about the monster itself is is deeply horrifying, but also as well how uh, the episode itself is very tense. It's yeah. very. This was very Stephen King, I think. Yeah, particularly with the older cast and the the janitor, like an, yeah. an adult with mm. the because these kids must have been maybe fifteen, something yeah, like that, slightly older than. But the kids typically are, especially on our last couple of episodes. You know, this janitor in his fifties or so, it made it very, very
2: Stephen King, very genuine horror that scares all ages. Like this... And especially that the older guy being sort of haunted by something he saw once or that happened to him once is very Stephen King yeah. sort of thing. Like Yeah, it's so so well structured, well acted. Um, like you say, moments of genuine tension. The sort of the the origin of the monster and everything—it's kind of cliche, but it's, it, it all really worked. Yeah, you got that. You got the high school. You've got you've got the love interest as well. You you are right.
1: You could turn it into a feature.
2: Yeah. You've got the Achilles heel of the monster, which is foreshadowed early yeah. on and comes into play at mm. the end. This was a great bit of TV. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: I'm really glad I picked this one now because um, I said I watched about, I think, about 12 episodes to try and think of what could be our third one. I knew that we were going to do the Melissa Joan Hart one. I knew we were going to do Laughing in the Dark because it was strongly recommended. And I watched so many. They had the Shiny Red Bicycle. I had one called Tale of the Super Specs, which was about some uh, some glasses you put on. And you can see dark, shadowy figures. Oh. Again, that was very chilling. Um, Tale of the Dark Music, which is a um, a doorway in a basement which reacts to music and feeds off lives and that had yeah. a very dark twisted ending that one mm. so I nearly considered doing that one Um but yeah this one was oh god I, I picked it just based off how scary the monster looked but watching it it's such a such a great bit of television yeah Written. So strong, and it, it fucking nailed it, mate. It yeah. holds up. It, oh, Twenty-three yeah. years later, it's still like, oh my, like it's it's regarded as one of the most scariest episodes of, of this show. Oh, rightly and so. Yeah, rightly so. Um You know, who'd have thought it was something that would shock us and make us think and like be, make us
2: so flabbergasted yeah. just from an episode about effectively a haunted swimming pool? Yeah, I mean, it won't keep me awake at night now, but it will. I will be thinking about it for, for the rest of the day. That was a, that was a great bit of TV I watched and yeah. this morning for the podcast. Like, you know, like like a good Sabrina episode. Yeah. was like, yeah, that was excellent. So, uh, but yeah, guys, uh, did we enjoy this episode? Yeah, one hundred percent. Couldn't have
0: faulted it really. Yeah, this follows, um, like, it's a swimming pool built on a on a be- an ancient burial ground um, that is reopened forty years after it was closed um, to to feed on on uh, innocent swimmers and these two kids and the help of a janitor need to need to stop this monster once and for all and yeah it's it is bone chilling this one
2: yeah absolutely terrifying because you know if you're a child in school you're probably frequently recently we were having swimming lessons and things like yeah I mean I, I, it's scary as well because I mean
0: Um, I know this episode um, just depicts the swimming pool as something that they do in school time, you know, like learning to swim. But swimming pools, when we were growing up, is very much a a really fun activity. Having a splash with your friends, getting like the the toys out or the floats and stuff. So this is making something that you love going to because you have fun at and making it a
1: really scary and dangerous place to go to. The only thing I would change is the ancient burial ground. Didn't need to be there.
2: Was a bit too cliche, maybe. Yeah, it was a bit yeah. too
1: cliche. But again, if, if we're
0: relating it to Stephen King, it's very typical Steve. Very uh, silly, but they've ma- managed to make it work. Yeah, in a way, like for example, you know, Pet Cemetery is a very scary, still this, still to this day, a very scary film, and that's just based on just zombie animals from an ancient
2: burial ground, you yeah, know? Yeah, and like the kingdom, where the hospital was built on, it's like a, where a mill burnt down and yeah. a lot of children died, or something like that, so yeah, it's quite a common thing. But, uh, yeah. So the, pol- the poltergeist, they moved the grave stones but you didn't move the graves!
1: <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So So, uh, yeah, without further ado, let's, let's dive in, shall we, boys? Oh, saw so what you did oh, there. Oh, oh, oh. No, the well, Yeah, yeah oh. Yep. Yep. Oh. Let's not make a splash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now well, that was dreadful. No, really.
0: uh, <laughs> uh, so the episode opens up in the olden days. <laughs> that joke did bomb, though. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <You.
2: tickets>.
0: Ah! <laughs> Uh, the episode opens up in the olden days, 1954 at half past two, to be
2: precise. Yeah, yeah we all know we where we were at half, half, <laughs> half, half past four in 1954. Yeah. Half past two in 1954. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, 1954, the year my father claims he was born. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously your your father is a
0: world renowned liar. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah no, half past two in 1954, and uh, there's a lifeguard who ain't guarding no one's life. Uh, he's too busy necking his piece, his broad. Yep. who uh, uh, who has left her younger brother, Jay Baruchel, or Baruchel, however you want to say his name, he's just swimming in, in the pool on his own. Well, yeah, they're
2: in the other room, aren't they? Mm. Uh, necking, well, some... Uh, yeah. Just next door, there is a window that you can see. I mean, you know, it's... Some of that newfangled rock and roll music, it'll never catch on, uh, <laughs> plays on plays there on the wireless. Well, uh, because of their uh, horny teenageness, uh, a little boy drowns, which is pure Voorhees. Yeah, he, uh, is the opening of Friday the Thirteenth. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So while the lifeguard is, is got his lips locked with a girl, the young boy has his lips locked with a Grim Reaper as he yeah. as he drowns in the pool, not through his own inability to swim, but because something is pulling him in, something. pulling him in.
2: And before it pulls him in, and this is a recursive the episode, there is a smell. It was a smell, much like the two uh, thousand horror film Rika, <laughs> where you can smell the thing before it attacks. So. Uh, I feel that's counterintuitive, that, really. You've know, given yourself away, are you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you yeah a to oh. Then again, I suppose all oh, it does is confuse them. Oh, yeah. You don't do anything about it, because you're not like, smells like somebody's going to come and kill me. It's like, <laughs> it's like what? What? That oh. smells like imminent death. Yeah, it's like, oh.
1: <laughs> well, at least we now know what imminent death smells like. Acid. Acid. Yeah, sulfuric acid, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like,
2: it's like, what's that smell?
1: drowned so, uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah. the, and what I
0: think what's terrifying is I mean this is the opening couple of minutes and we see uh, in similar fashion to Hocus
2: Pocus you know we see a young boy be killed before our eyes well what it reminded me of was Captain Scarlet <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about people dying in the opening minutes of a, of a kids show yeah yeah. That's, that's Captain Scarlet all over it but yeah, exactly. unfortunately no uh no, Mr. are bringing this kid back. No, no, exactly. Yeah, he will, will even return
0: as an evil clone of himself. He's just gone. No, but I think what makes this drowning even scary is the fact that he's given a few chances to call for help. And you see, like, he's been dragged in. He makes to the service, help, help, something. You know, there's, 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 you're watching someone not only die eventually, but struggle and really gasping for
2: air. And that's that's what still, I think, gets me now. In in films, horror films, whatever is is the idea of somebody like somebody fighting for their life, like somebody like if somebody dies suddenly, it's not really very impactful. But yeah, if there's like a protracted sort of fight for life like that, especially as a little kid, yeah, it's, it's 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 a really it's a really heavy opening. Yeah, it
0: really is. But I mean, it it does set the the tone for and and our expectations uh, correctly for for right. the rest of this episode. Yeah, Yeah, as we then transport a few years into the future, back into the present 1995, where Zeke, a highly enthusiastic but bumbling science nerd, gets scorned by Mr Ratburn from Arthur for causing an explosion in class where he mixed too much water with a little too much, insert
2: science material here. (laughs) Something. (laughs) Something. They're doing that project which only American schools do, where they're making their own volcano and using uh, chemicals to make it erupt.
0: Yeah, I mean I've I've created volcanoes with mixing um
2: vinegar and baking powder. Yeah. yeah,
0: and um and also uh washing up liquid to make it a bit more frothy and bubbly and projectile. But yeah, we've we've all done that. I've never done it with actual science though. No. With Just... actual explodey things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Zeke is is very good at chemistry but he's um he's a little too more gosh darn. a bit too uh yeah, he's not he's really enthusiastic about it, but he's not necessarily the, the best at it as Mr. Ratburn is really angry with him. Um, Yeah, because
1: he used too much of the science stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, His adorable nerdisms don't go unnoticed, however, as one young lady wants to love him like a puppy, whilst Clarice, her friend and fellow swim team member, isn't interested one iota. That is until he says he has something really awesome to show her first thing in the morning. Oh, her indeed. Uh, It isn't a sordid display, however, as in fact, Zeke uh, does have something genuinely fascinating to show her. An abandoned swimming pool built within the school walls that hasn't been open or used for 40 years. Mm. Mm. What was he? He was trying to work out the volume of the school, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, standard pastime. Yes, I I, I get that. Yeah,
0: Work out everything uh, to do with the school. And he realised, I guess, there was maybe some paperwork missing or there was a part of the school not counted for. Uh, And yeah, it's because uh, behind this sort of uh, secret wall made of lockers yeah there's like
2: a bank of lockers and then when you move it aside there's the door which says to pool to
0: pool so they uh they open through this door uh this sort of battered uh door and yeah it's the old disused uh, swimming pool that hasn't been opened uh, which
1: clearly had been opened because they were using it for storage yes and and charlie was in there charlie the janitor was in there cleaning
2: it <laughs> Yes. <Yeah, laughs> so, yeah. so he must have been able to get in some other way charlie yeah. comes in after they've come in though so, yeah. no, I think... Does he? No, yeah. he doesn't. No, I think he does, because, like... They don't spot him. They don't spot him. Okay. I th- so, I think, yeah, I think, like, he sees the doors open, and he comes in, and he's like, mm, this isn't good, yeah. sort of thing. Like, okay,
0: yeah. I mean, another glimpse of horror we see as they're uh, turning away, because oh, Clarice thanks Zeke for this find, so she badges her swim coach to reopen the pool. But as they're leaving, you just see, like, an object, or a face kind of rise out of the uh, the pool sheet.
1: Yeah, it was... It was it wasn't a face. It was just this, just an object, just sort of like two, two humps.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so the monster stuck his bum underneath the uh, the pool sheet to uh, to show. Yeah, well, it that's
2: why it looks like it looks like yeah, it looks like the it looks like the back of a of a body like floating yeah. on the surface of water, except there's no water there. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean. If that pool hasn't been been open for 40 years and
0: there's still water in there, that is revolting. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a smell
1: and a half. But miraculously,
0: after only a few weeks,
1: it's open, isn't it? I know, Uh, unbelievably so. It's open, they've done the refurb, they've been able to clean it out, it's
2: amazing. Only a few weeks, but this is, I mean obviously a few weeks is is a bit... um... A bit, a bit unrealistic, but this is where again, if it was a full film, you could imagine the janitor uh, being like, you know, like going to the principal, being like, no, you you can't reopen that pool. They're like, why?
0: Yeah, I think that that's one that's one scene that was missing, and I yeah. think that would have been a uh, piece. Uh, I mean, it's, it's revealed later on that um, that Charlie knows more than he's he's uh, he's letting on. All yeah, he knows more than he wants to admit
2: about the goings on of this monster. But... Or you could even have the whole like well, people people drowned in that pool and like and and but that was that was 40 that, that, years that, that, that ago that was back then you know like these, these days you know, we'll have, we'll have, you know new new security yeah new security systems like, there'll be cameras there'll be lifeguards on duty yeah. you know nothing's gonna happen yeah, yeah. But,
0: well
1: what makes
2: this better is Charlie isn't a lifeguard anymore
1: so he won't be necking his missus
2: <laughs> outside the door. Yeah. yeah. Probably not his missus, though, because she probably blamed him for her brother drowning. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, probably never saw her again, and she was the love of his life. Again, that, that's something that you could flesh oh. out. <gasps> yeah. Oh, maybe poor Ch- Charlie. Maybe Charlie goes, yeah, Maybe Charlie sort of tracks her down and says about, you know, tries to tell her about the pool opening, and maybe. Compels him to go again and try and explain himself what happened. She's still not having it. And
1: then of it. you can have that dual love story of the older couple coming back together and the new birth of the new young couple as well. Yeah. And they all work together to destroy
2: the. That's, lost... that's it. We're routing to D J McHale asking <laughs> asking him to give us the uh, rights to adapt this uh, this Are You Afraid of the Dark" episode from 1995 into a feature film. <laughs> yes, but this this could have very easily made a
0: feature film. Yeah. Um, I think it just would have made it a bit a uh, bit stronger. But and you know. As, as for the, the 22 minutes length that it is or so it's still very very good uh, so as we said a few weeks later the pool has reopened and everyone is having a wicked time well that is until they can smell a really strong stink of, like an
1: acidy smell yeah, they yeah. just fob it off as if it's just like dirty pipes don't they yes. and, um... wait, wait, which would be concerning if you ask me oh the <laughs> oh, yeah. pipes must still be dirty no the <laughs> pipes should have been cleaned before yeah oh, yeah god
2: Jesus yeah, like, you're like an, swimming a swimming in a filthy pool <laughs> it's almost as if you couldn't refurbish a forty-year-old disused swimming pool in three weeks. And <laughs> I know There's still problems with the plumbing. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's when we see um, just
0: uh, we see glimpses of something looming in the water. It gives off the impression that it's invisible because there's there's a shot of a girl swimming, but she doesn't notice anything. Yeah. Uh, but there's yeah they're talking about. You smell that? As soon as someone can smell something, that's it. This. This ghostly thing is is uh, peering through the camera.
2: We yeah, we get lots of peering through the water. Sorry, I guess. Uh... Jaws yeah. shots, never seen it but um, I, I, I know enough about it to know that there are, I think when the shark's coming, there's underwater like camera shots.
0: The next morning in class and Clarice has only just scraped a C in chemistry, a grade she needs to improve on if she wants to continue swimming so Zeke decides to offer his services in return for hers but before Chris can say giggity we see that what he means is, it is in exchange for some private tuition of swimming so, so, she, so he can get over his fear of swimming
2: and this is it, you know. This is get more sort of backstory that sort of feeds really well into it. That um, he has a fear of water, uh, which stems from when he was a small boy. He got caught in some like knotweed or something, and mm. he nearly drowned. His brother was able to luckily noticed him at the last minute and saved him. But he feels as if since then he escaped the clutches of something and that thing is going to come for him again if he gets back into water.
1: Exactly, and there's another character that can be introduced the older brother, we look at a flashback we have that whole flashback of him drowning the brother saving him the brother just happens to be in town that weekend as well Uh, and comes to help because the brother goes to him and goes, there's a fucking monster in the pool. He's like, no, 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 it's just because you're fucking scared of the water. And it's like, no, there is, there's a monster, come and see.
0: Clarice tells him that there's nothing to be scared of as nothing lurks in the swimming pool. However, right on cue, something pulls
2: uh, Clarice into the pool. But it's not the monster, it's Greta. But I would be concerned about uh, the properties of Greta because she has managed to be in this swimming pool assumedly before they got there, <laughs> it, they're very unobservant, if you managed to sneak in and climb in the pool and get under the water while they've been there. Plus you'd see it. You'd, you'd see. you see like a, a thing in the water and, and you'd be, be like, what
1: the fuck's that over there?
2: And you'd be talking and then just in the distance you'll hear, <gasps> <gasps> so Greta <gasps> can turn herself invisible and breathe underwater she's one of them <laughs> she is one of them and that could be a twist in the, <laughs> the, the full film
0: so that's there's, so there's a twist that M Night, Shyamalan could yeah, uh, yeah could, could incorporate if he was if he was directing this uh, this feature film version
2: yeah. but the scene where they're sat in the float that's
0: it they're, they're in a they're in a, a dinghy as a, such yeah because a,
2: a dinghy um on the yeah, just sat at the pool he's explaining why he has his fear of water and there's there's like no there's no music it's nothing. just the, their voices that just the, the definitely still water just their voices echoing of this you know swimming pool type room which is very um,
1: goes in the water
2: as well yes oh, oh, it's yeah. so
0: quiet it yeah. Chris, like you, you i was so surprised how invested in this episode oh, yeah. you were i got fucking you, invested you just went this is so tense <laughs> <laughs> because it's silent apart from the echoes of their voices uh, Clarice's got a
2: hand in the water and they're talking about there's nothing to be afraid of. It's also important to note the director of this episode is one DJ McHale, the yes. creator of the show. So this is very much how he envisioned it being. Yes, yeah. and this
0: this is the opening episode of a new season as well, so yeah. this is a great way to start. Yes. But uh, once again Clarice says, oh it's alright, listen, there's nothing to be scared of, it's fine. And then suddenly Zeke gets pulled into the water right in queue and starts fearing for his life. Clarice calls him a big, fat, wet liar, but she soon slurps her own words when she, too, is scared by the the boat is being pushed, isn't it, from underneath. Because Zeke is drowning because he can't swim. Clarice is terrified, and finally, who should come to the rescue? Good old Charlie. Good old Charlie. He might have killed someone at the beginning, but he's learnt his lesson now, and he ain't going to make it happen again on his watch. So so again, after a bit of drowning, yeah, Charlie rescues them, brings them to shore, uh, and uh, he tells them a little bit more about the history of the pool. Again, this this shot and this delivery again very Stephen King. That Charlie we see uh, after his speech, he's not even looking at the kids; he's sat to the
2: side, facing his wall and facing his own fears. Yeah, because um, they're yeah they're sat sort of on the bench in like the locker room uh, with the towel around them and Charlie's like sat around the corner like staring like at the wall like sort of like like saucer-eyed, just sort of like, like like if anyone's sort of like having like a a damn flashback in the film yeah, or something yeah. sort of thing that sort of haunted that haunted older
0: man it's because it, again there's no music there's no sound effects it's just the echoes of Charlie telling him yeah. telling the kids about the story that adding so much more flesh and scariness to the story because we saw the young boy die at the start, but that that was only one. There was there was three more drownings yeah, the more after right, before yeah. they closed the pool. Yeah, he begged the authorities to close the pool, and they said no. And and it was only when three more children drowned, uh, inexplicably, that they closed it down. And it's it's been closed then for you know for forty years or so since. I think it's the way he says, it's back.
2: So great, so yeah, so, so, great. so great, and that would that, be a trailer line as well. Oh, if if yeah. you make it into a movie, we've we've got we've got we've got this. But I mean, and as well, like Scaring aside again, in terms of
0: that, he always knew there was something lurking in the pool. It was something scary, and nobody believed him. So I guess he's emotional as well. That yeah. finally, at the expense of, at the potential expense of these children's lives, these kids know that I'm.
2: I'm not a lunatic. Yeah, he's being vindicated, but at the same time, it may lead to more innocent kids dying. So yeah, doesn't really yeah. know how to feel about but it. But that, like... that, that—that's the whole point. That's why
1: he was there. He, he was—he was hoping it wouldn't happen, but he was on hand just yeah. in case. Mm.
0: And you know, it goes down to, I guess, the the greed of the city or whatever wanted a a pool or wanted to extend the school, but there was a, there was a darn cemetery in the way, wasn't there, boys? Yeah. They, they had to dig it up, shift all the bodies. but they must have forgotten one and that spirit is seeking revenge for being disturbed and having
2: a swimming pool (laughs) a swimming pool built on top yeah Having people bombing and heavy petting on top of his <laughs> resting place. <laughs> a little necking on, on top of him. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that would be very uncomfortable and disturbing. It's yeah. like...
0: Unfortunately for the gang of three, the evil spirit is invisible and thus difficult to dispose of. However, Zeke, being the science dweeb that he is, comes up with an experiment by mixing in insert chemical solution here to the pool, as it will colour any acidic material within it, within the pool a dark red colour. Yeah. So things, if it's got acidic properties, then maybe we'll uh, just add in some, say methadone, it's not methadone at all. (laughs) (laughs) They add this chemical in and they say, well, how do you know if it works? Well, something will turn red and you get this little blob and then this weird shape. And fuck me, this, this thing that comes out of the pool.
1: Yeah, it takes shape, it emerges, and a little poo came out. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little poo came out, and
0: this is a, sort of a dishevelled, decrepit, um, sort of, uh, just being with long, scraggy hair, a skull, it's bright, but dark, it's a really deep, dark red, yeah. It's um, wearing sort of clothes that are just falling
2: apart. And, oh, my yeah, it's God. A, it's a crimson, partially decayed corpse, the like of which you could see in any reputable 18-rated horror film. Yeah. And it's here in the middle of an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah. And it makes several reappearances. And when it rematerializes out of the water later on, I was just like... I, I, fuck. I, <laughs> yeah. No, this is this is not happening. <laughs> this is this, this is, is not, a kids' TV show. This is TV not happening show. on
0: this kids' show. Like, it's terrifying, and it's not making much progress. But
2: it's it's coming after you. Yeah, and because it is oh, because it is water based, it can seep through pipes. Yeah. Well, they yeah. Uh,
0: Z tries to hit it with with the, with the crook, and it just goes through him. Yeah, and, and he
1: realizes it's made of water, which is great deduction.
0: Yeah, and again, it's not like the past episodes where it's just kids going ah, and we get you know a Dutch tilt. <laughs> this is in this, it's a terrifying monster, so much so that Charlie, you know,
2: this fifty odd year old man, is catatonic. Is catatonic. Look, he's catatonic. He's in shock. It's happening again yeah. and again. He's there, but he can't do anything to save anybody. Like
0: right. place him on the bench, and he's shaking because he's yeah. he's. He can't move,
2: he's also, so scared. He, also, rather than just, ah, like you say, these kids, possibly because they're a bit older and because the situation is a lot more genuinely terrifying, like, the, their, their terror acting is very realistic. Yeah. Like, it's very a, good. And and
0: the, the adult that they're relying on to help them get out of this pickle is immobilised. He yeah. can't do anything, and now it's another terror, like, oh, my God, only, it's not going to let us leave alive yeah, And then, just as you speak, you can see water coming out of uh, one of the vents in the changing rooms.
1: It just materialises. It materialises there in the changing room, trying to grab them, this deep red corpse. But this is, a, an, again, a very small detail. She goes, why is it still coming after us? I thought it couldn't leave the pool. And it was like, it's got nowhere to hide now, so it can do whatever it wants. Yeah. That was the only reason it was staying in the pool, because no one could see it you've just made it so you can see it so now it's going to fuck your shit up (laughs) it can go anywhere it wants to now it's not tied to the pool Uh,
0: Zeke and Clarice fondly remember the earlier science experiment involving the the volcano uh, that went wrong and decide that that is the best solution to add uh, that unforgettable chemical uh, to the water to burn the monster alive Uh, Clarice is about to unscrew the cap but Zeke hits it out of her hands because uh, she's got wet hands it would have
2: burnt her hands it it could have
0: taken her hands off Yeah, and again, if it was in the reboot, maybe they'll include that. Yeah, Uh, like a scene out of uh, Baywatch Nights. Clarice dives into the pool to try and retrieve it, but then you see the uh, the
2: slime. This is where I lost my shit. You see the red, uh, the red liquid start to drips off the side of the pool into it. You see the water start to go red, and then all of a sudden, this corpse just whooshes out the water and then starts slowly advancing towards it. My God. That will stay with me. It's chilling.
0: It it crawls in the pool, very similar to uh, like the ooze from like Ghostbusters Two. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. So it, it's got sentience. This yeah. this this slime is coming into the pool, and it doesn't attack. It doesn't go after Zeke. Zeke so no. looks at it, and he's like, Grease, swim! It's coming for you. You've got to swim!" <laughs> yeah. And this thing yeah, just rises out of the water. My God!
2: <laughs> like like the most hideous. Ursula Andrus, imaginable <laughs> <laughs> out the water. Awful. But oh my God, it comes out and uh... petrifies. She's scared at the spot
0: and Zeke, I guess, overcomes his fear and he dives in the pool to distract But Of course, he can't swim, so he's just floundering in the pool and uh, he gives Clarice the chance to, to dive and get the chemical reaction, uh, the chemical product. Charlie's regained consciousness. Thank God. Thanks Scoop- God for that. Scoops them both out and, oh my God, finally they throw this uh this this solution onto the the uh, the the rotting corpse and he starts burning alive and melting and well he's not alive mate he's burning burning dead (laughs) dead and he's he's melting and finally finally that skull is gone and again charlie just comes out and he's like it's over thank you kids it's finally over yeah. And you can feel this weight being lifted
2: off him. Yeah, and we get a lovely little postscript, don't we? Yeah, Where, uh, of, uh... Ze- Zeke and Clarice uh, sort of snuggling on uh, on the float. Um, she's
1: sort, she of... T- sort of turns the page. She turns through. the page.
2: She realizes it's okay to be a science geek. He's okay with around water now, and uh, yeah, everything's everything's fine and dandy. Yeah, I wanted a return of the monster, though. I. Well I was thinking well, that we, we 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 will we will we'll leave it open for a sequel and see how it does when, yeah, we, make, when we when yeah. we make
0: Well I it, was thinking sure. that I was thinking like come on there's I want to see something but I don't know whether that would have ruined or changed my enjoyment of this episode whether was it nice leaving it as a happy ending the ghost is dead or would we have liked to have seen a hand coming out of the the pool again what
2: at the end of the day you've got to um except that it's a kids' show, yeah. and you'd want to send the kids home. Like, oh, it's okay, they got rid of the scary Especially after something so scary as yeah. that. Yeah, yeah the, the scary monster's gone now, they defeated it, and they all lived happily ever after Charlie and, and, and Zeke and Clarissa are all fine in the end. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
0: Well, we've gushed about it enough, but that was a good episode, right? That was a great episode. <laughs> I mean, what worked for it? Everything. Uh, the slightly older cast, as I said, made it feel a bit more like a, a more adult story, a more uh, like a Stephen King novel. The oh, the gruesome, terrifying monster. And the fact that the monster, the story was confined to one location, I think. We weren't, ha- yeah. we weren't like Zeebo, where he was going out to different locations. This was confined. This was this was a horror story set in a pool and he didn't go anywhere else. So yeah. that location was scary, so he knew every time someone was going there, they they were in trouble.
2: Just, yeah, the aesthetics and the acoustics of the pool being used to magnify the, the horror. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: completely... Um, contrasting to what we loved so much about uh, "Laughing in the Dark," the lack of soundtrack in this um, yeah. this episode was its strongest point. I
2: yeah. think. really well written, really well cast, really well acted. Yeah, great work, everybody involved, and it was a perfect note to end on.
0: Yeah, absolutely well we can end on a more perfect note if we wanted to I uh, asked you guys oh. to come up with some potential ideas oh God, yeah. for uh, future Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes as um, as we all know Are You Afraid of the Dark is coming back next Halloween I think next uh, October in the form of a movie feature-length movie maybe it will spawn a new series um, so I said, you guys, what would make some good realistic horror titles in two thousand eighteen slash two thousand nineteen? Did you come up with any guys? The,
2: the tale of the alt right. You could have <laughs> yeah. the tale of the payday loan. Oh. You could have the tale of the zero hours contract. The, oh, the, the tale so of the Netflix and chill. Yeah, it's it's you know the 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 tale of leasing. Yeah, <laughs> the tale of Bright House. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tale of G Four <laughs> it's, it's, it's all pretty scary. The tale of Carillion. The tale <laughs> of, Bra- of Blackwater. The, the tale of the Brexit then.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
0: tale. The tale of the No Deal Brexit. Yeah. Yeah, oh. Oh. yeah. we're getting oh, told that, that tale every terrible. week at the moment. It's terrifying. So I had the tale of the terms and conditions. Yep. Yeah. The tale of the purple Aki.
2: Well, oh, a very oh, regional, oh. regional
0: exclusive that one. Google that though, folks. <laughs> yeah, purple Aki. The tale of the outdated gun laws. Yep, yeah. Uh, the tale of the internet troll, like a literal. Yeah, uh, a literal troll. You have to go into the
2: internet to kill
0: him. This one like, The Tale of the Mailer Demon. You know, if you send an email that doesn't go anywhere, oh, and it yeah. comes back and it says mail undelivered from the Mailer Demon. It does.
2: It's D A E M O N.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Tale of the No Wi-Fi Zone. Ooh. The Tale of the Haunted Landline.
2: We don't know what's going on on there now, do <laughs> we? <laughs> the landline is dead! Anything could have taken over.
0: <laughs> and uh, The Tale of the Living Meme. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah, overall, guys, what do you think of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Thumbs up from me, absolutely. Two thumbs up from me. Nice. As for this show, I've been Phil Dean. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I do hope you enjoyed it and got a few willies up your during. I'd like to thank very much, Graham. Thank you, Graham. Good boo. <laughs> Great. And thank you very much to Chris. Thank you. No worries, pal. I'd say what we we did get a pre-season three email. Oh. Might as well end, oh. as well end on a high for oh, us. Oh yeah, here we go. So we got an email from uh, our good friend Lorraine. Oh who always gets in touch Um, she says first off your podcast gives me life and I really love chatting with y'all via Twitter and such Uh, I'm sure your inbox would love a bit of substance so she's giving it a go she says she's super excited for season 3 aren't we all she says it's her favourite season and she uh, doesn't want to spoil too much but she's very excited for a certain relationship blossoming between a Mr Willard Craft yes On the topic of Mr. Craft as well, she has a theory that we're going to think about until season three. Okay, She says, one theory that's super out there, but part of the hashtag same universe phenomenon happens to be that maybe Mr. Craft is a squib, a.k.a. a non-magical warlock. He's just had no interaction with the magical world for so long. He cannot fathom the idea there are witches among him as it seems to be rare for other witches to not live in the other realm and that he's super suspicious of magic and supernatural things because of it.
2: I would buy that for a dollar. So thank you Lorraine for that awesome theory and thank you for keeping a dead medium alive and sending us email. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, on that note, we'll leave you to think over that. Is Mr. Craft a non-magical warlock who is on the hunt of witchcraft because he simply thinks it shouldn't be? So we'll let you mull that over if you pop in the (laughs) board. He's so
2: so happy, so happy, so happy. He's the happiest guy in weeks.
1: (laughs) You're gonna have a celebratory day now, aren't you? Oh, (laughs) mate, crack the over.
0: (laughs) Ladies and germs, witches and wizards, warlocks and squibs. Thank you, and we'll see you very, very shortly for season three.